welcome back to Cop Monologuing. I'm Ryan Kunzer. And I know all the winners of this year's Oscars. Errol is a psychic. Yes, that is true. However, I will put a disclaimer that I will be wrong on most of these just so I don't mess up the odds. Oh. Like, I'm just, just so you know, just for, for Vegas purposes, they would get really mad if I told you exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. So some of these, I am telling you what's really going on. Others, you, you know, know, I'm just trying to throw you off my scent. So <laughs> with that in mind, we have a very fun episode today. We do. Um, we realize we're very late to the game with uh, one discussion, that being Black Panther, mm-hmm. uh, probably the best movie of this year. Um, or at least one of them. Uh, Arrow getting his cards out on the table already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna do a quick discussion, uh, of that and uh, all the things that come with it, including my undying love for Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, but but first we should you know do the Oscars because our Black Panther conversation is going to be chock full with all the spoilers. Um, or it might not be. We'll see. Uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. But that's going to be at the end in case we want to throw out some spoilers. Uh, but first, let's get into our Oscar predictions because the Oscars are tomorrow, which means I have to put this episode out today. So that's fun. This is high stakes podcasting. High here. stakes podcasting right under the wire. Yeah. yeah. So, Errol. Yes. We have a lot of categories here and we a do. lot of nominations. Yes. Where do you want to begin? Well, I think... How we did it last year kind of worked, where we just start on the bottom, mm-hmm. work our way up, um, you know, because at the bottom, it's films that, well, at the very bottom, none of us know anything. Yeah. In the middle bottom, you know something, because it's usually the films that, like, with the technical categories that you've seen more of. Yeah. And then as we go up, then, you know, I'll ramble for the rest of the discussion, <laughs> as you have seen almost none of them. Yes. So, with that being said... Uh, let's just start at the bottom of this list of our wonderful Oscar ballot from Vanity Fair. Yep. Thank uh, you, Vanity Fair. Yes. Your in- your uh, stuff that you give us on your internet page is very helpful for our podcasting purposes. So, yeah, let's get into it. Yep. Uh, first category, short film animated. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, have you seen any of these? I, I know you've seen one, but yeah. Is I have. It? You have? I have. I thought you've seen one. Well, the poster for Lou is sitting right next to us. Yes, and didn't Lou was with Cars Three? That was I the missed short... the beginning of it. You missed the because they sent me to Lou? the wrong theater. What you didn't see Lou? I did oh. not see Lou. That is tough because Lou was excellent. I did pick it though. Yeah, because I knew it was the Pixar one, and yes. that's usually a pretty safe bet. That's a decent bet. However, ooh, uh, I don't think it's gonna win. I want it to win. Let me be clear, out of the two out of the five that I've seen, mm-hmm. it is my favorite. Um, but Dear Basketball, uh-huh. that is by Kobe Bryant, and uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name. It's a longtime Disney animator. They made a short film kind of about Kobe. Mm-hmm. Or it's exactly it's about Kobe. It's not kind of about <laughs> Kobe. It's it's exactly it's it goes through Kobe's life. It's Kobe. But and it's really beautifully animated and it's perfectly fine mm-hmm. but when i watched lou it it connected with me kind of emotionally that might just be the eight-year-old yeah you know 
version of me that's kind of speaking out about it. And granted, the eight-year-old version of me controls a lot of my life decisions. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I really love Lou. But dear basketball, Kobe Bryant might be – or it seems like that's what all the experts are saying, huh. uh, that dear basketball is going to be taking it. And, again, it is beautifully animated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this pencil-drawn stuff, and it's just – Cool. It's – Sometimes when you do pencil drawn animation, it gets all you know wonky and yeah, it, it, the lines don't line up correctly. Here, they just do it in a really smooth, beautiful way. Mm-hmm. So I can see why a lot of people would like it and connect to it. Also, a lot of Hollywood is in Hollywood, also known as Los Angeles, also known as oh. where Kobe Bryant has played. I don't know if that's playing a factor into it, considering a lot of Hollywood is a huge sports fan. But true. You know, it's I'm all for Lakers conspiracy theories. <laughs> that's a that's right up my alley. Um, so yeah, yep. I think Dear Basketball is probably gonna take it. All right, well, let's move on then to short film live action. You haven't seen any of these? I have not. I also have not seen any of these. I'm probably gonna. It's available on like Amazon and online. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to pay like, you know, four bucks to watch it or whatever. But eh. I might get to it. Before the Oscars tomorrow, I kind of want to, but I haven't seen any of these. And also, spoiler alert for later in this discussion, I haven't gotten to any of the documentary shorts either. Uh, <laughs> or also any of the documentaries or any of the foreign language films. Uh, so I am 100% basing my guess off of the internet. Okay. So uh, right now it seems that DeKalb Elementary is the favorite for live action short. Okay. So I don't know much about it. Mm-hmm. But it's supposed to be good. So there you have it. Fair enough. I mm-hmm. picked uh, the 11 o'clock because it has a cool title. Sure. And something about that grabbed me. So I'm basing my information off of the title. I think that's perfectly fine. I mean, uh, for whenever March Madness comes around, uh-huh. my sister, who knows nothing about college basketball. Oh, by the way, it's March. So that's coming soon. Yeah. And we have more stuff to talk about for March Madness, but we'll get to that in a minute. That's That'll be later. Um, <laughs> uh for March Madness, because she knows nothing about basketball, she picks the team who's going to win solely based on, one, is it an Ivy League school? Do Ivy Leagues win or lose? They usually win. Okay. Well, actually, they, they don't usually win. But occasionally they have like an upset or two in the first round. <laughs> so my sister always picks those because mm-hmm. it's fun. Um, and two, based on their jerseys. Just which one looks <laughs> cool. And, you know, she doesn't know much but she just follows the numbers and has has fun with it. And the worst part is she's done better than me the past two years. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it it might not it might be a decent strategy, Ryan, with going by cool well, names. We'll get back to that. We will. We will get back to the March Madness discussion. But yeah. yeah, next next up, documentary short subject. Uh, Heaven is a traffic jam on the four hundred five. I think is going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, for two reasons. One, because the internet told me. And two, the, again, Hollywood is in L.A. Mm-hmm. L.A. has a lot of traffic. And the 405, it's very relatable Yeah, to L.A. people. And they're going to vote for that one. Again, I don't actually know. Um, if I was basing, if I was picking based on name, I would choose Knife Skills. But that might be because I've been watching a lot of Top Chef recently. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what I got to say about that. See, I went for heroin because it's a pun. Yes, that that is true. Yeah, because it's it's both a hero and also 
a, a drug. So yeah, yeah, that's so it sure. has the best name as far as I'm concerned. Solid choice. All right, moving on to some ones that we might actually recognize. Yes, this is the first category where I've seen all of the films. Yeah, or at least of the day. Yeah, visual effects. Yes. So we got Blade Runner twenty forty nine, mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Kong Skull Island, Star Wars: The Last Jedi. And War for the Planet of the Apes. Yes. So, Errol, who has the best visual effects? So, just all of these films mm-hmm. have really beautiful visual effects. It's all seamless. and Yeah. The one thing that might not have been perfectly seamless was the uh, um, Princess Leia scene in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Um, I really liked that moment, but visually it might have not been the most... Yeah, you know, enticing. So I'm crossing that one off first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kong Skull Island was great, but I don't. They all were really good. I don't. I, just, I don't know. What I'm yeah, talking about. I had a really hard it, time with this it's, too. It's pretty much a coin flip. At, like what I ended up doing mm-hmm. for two reasons. I went based on the volume of work that had to be done, uh-huh. and uh, family bias. Okay. <laughs> so, War for the Planet of the Apes, casted mm-hmm. by the amazing Deborah Zane, mm-hmm. my cousin, uh, that had just so many monkeys, and all of the monkeys look great and realistic. And, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's the thing that that series does really well. It, it, it brings life to these digital monkeys, and it's mm-hmm. really stunning. I mean, I think Kong Island also did that in a bigger way literally yes but also in a smaller way because there's only one true uh i mean again that was awesome guardians of the galaxy volume two i think all the stuff in the background is just mm-hmm. that that film is more about the visual effects going on around everything rather than the visual effects in the foreground yeah um which i think is great and also it's my favorite of these five movies mm-hmm. uh but I think it's gonna go to war. Oh, also I forgot to mention Blade Runner. That's a, that's a boring snooze fest. That's gonna win some awards tonight. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the visual effects were, were cool in that, and they they would have had to do for Blade Runner. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So you went for war. I went for war for the planet. Okay. Games. I was debating between war and Star Wars, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because I think, I mean, both of them are really really good. Yeah. But the thing that stuck out to me was like that the you know Star Wars had like the the crystal fox things, yeah, and you know something about that captured people's imagination uh in a way that you know War of the Planet of the Apes has done a lot, but it's also the third movie in that yeah. trilogy, so I think having something you know plus it you know it's Star Wars, it comes with its own prestige, yeah. I, I think you are 100% right, except instead of using the Crystal Fox analogy, mm-hmm. I would have used my favorites, my favorite things ever, Porgs. That's true. I, I would have used Porgs. <laughs> They've you know, at least captured my imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Porgs. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a solid choice. I could, I could see Star Wars potentially making some waves. Granted, there was some, not everyone loved the movie, which might, yeah. might have affected it, mm-hmm. but yeah, to each his own. All right. Next category, we have film editing. Yes. 
So, Baby Driver, Dunkirk, I, Tanya, The Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Those are the five nominees. Um, the one that I haven't seen here is I, Tanya. Uh-huh. So, I, I, I don't know, honestly, how that one did. But I'm just going to guess that Dunkirk is... It's the type of film that connects with Academy voters that also is filled with with the editing and the yeah. special you know explosions and mm-hmm. all of that stuff so i'm going to refer to dunkirk for a lot of these even though i didn't like the movie um because the, the thing with dunkirk uh-huh. and i don't know if this is a spoiler but uh it's these three stories that they kind of tell parallel to each other uh-huh. one takes place over like a week one over a day, one over an hour, and they all kind of collide uh-huh. at the end. And Christopher Nolan is one of the best directors in taking perfectly cool human stories mm-hmm. and making them confusing <laughs> with weird parallel stories. He did that with Memento, and yeah, I'm sure there was some weird stuff in Inception. I haven't seen that movie in a couple of years, but... <laughs> I think editing-wise for the Academy, they're probably going to like that stuff, and I think that's going to win. Although I probably, if it was up to me, I would have gone with Baby Driver because what they did with uh, lining up the music to the editing to the... I, I, I think that is probably, at least for me, the cool, the coolest editing yeah. out of all of these films. So Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, not having seen either of these movies, mm-hmm. but I know Baby Driver got a lot of buzz for mm. its editing, both film and sound. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's well-deserving for editing. I don't know if it's going to win, which is why I picked Dunkirk. But, <laughs> yeah. I also picked Dunkirk on this because it had, you know, Christopher Nolan has that kind of grand drama yeah. aspect that the Academy really likes. Yeah. He's he's good at that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's keep moving. Next is production design. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner... Darkest Hour, Dunkirk again, and Shape of Water. So, as a self-proclaimed Disney file, mm-hmm. the one film that I haven't seen <laughs> out of these five, for some reason, is Beauty and the Beast. I just I haven't gotten around to the new one. Yeah, it seemed perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It's just the original is great, and this one I'm sure would have been enjoyable. Yeah, uh, just never got around. I never felt the need to. Yeah, like. I'm not saying that the movie shouldn't have existed. It definitely shouldn't. It definitely should have. Yeah. Know, it made, you know, over a billion dollars, you know, worldwide, which means a lot of people really wanted it. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, wasn't for me this time around. Yeah. And, you know, to each his own. Mm-hmm. But Who'd you uh, pick? of the ones that I did see and of the ones that I did pick, The Shape of Water, I think just... Mm-hmm. What Guillermo del Toro brings to a movie visually with all the stuff around the character, even within the characters, it's a weird uh, kind of like it's a throwback. Um, I mean, literally, because it takes place, I think, in like the 50s or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe even earlier than that. I have no idea when it took place, but it was before <laughs> now. Uh-huh. It combined like that with like it was kind of dark but with like pops of super bright color and it's just what Guillermo del Toro does so well mm-hmm. um, with his production design so I'm going to give it to him right. and his team yeah I was debating between Beauty and the Beast and Blade Runner mm-hmm. because I think that one again just from seeing the trailers had the 
you know, the cohesive visual aspect. Yeah. Uh, which I realize is also encompassed in some of the other categories, but from, from what you've seen, yeah, yeah, that makes that's a good choice. Mm-hmm. I th- I accidentally crossed off Blade Runner, and by crossed off, I mean like that's the one I wrote down on my sheet. <laughs> uh, for this category, um, I'm not sure why. Probably because somewhere in my mind it's telling me that this movie might have a shot at it because the production design for Blade Runner was a cleaner version of mm-hmm. the i guess the original movie yeah and i thought it like visually again it, it was really stunning boring movie but visually mm-hmm. really well done so i could see potentially blade runner getting yeah getting that not so solid choice yeah all right costume design costume design yeah are we skipping over cinematography oh no we're not cinematography yeah blade runner Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Mudbound, and The Shape of Water. Okay. Just curious, what'd you pick? Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah. I think that's a solid choice. I went with Blade Runner. All right. Because out of all of these films, mm-hmm. they all were solid like in terms of cinematography. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say any, at least for me, none of them stepped ahead of the others. Mm-hmm. And... I'm gonna go with a a hundred percent, you know, reputation pick. Yeah. For Blade Runner, the cinematographer Roger Deakins. Mm-hmm. This is his fourteenth nomination. Ah. Guess how many times he's won? Fourteen. No, zero. Really? Yeah. So this is. I think it's gonna be. I mean, first of all, the cinematography in this movie was great. Mm-hmm. Is it it perfectly, you know, deserving of being nominated. Uh huh. Uh, I think it, because he's been such a prolific cinematographer for so long and hasn't brought home the Oscar, I think that's going to carry some weight mm-hmm. and give him the boost he needs. Okay. Um, that being said, I kind of want Mudbound to win mm-hmm. uh, because it's the cinematographer is Rachel Morrison, who is awesome and also the first female to ever get nominated for this category. Oh, wow. Yeah, and also the cinematographer for my favorite movie of this year so far, which we'll talk about at the end of this episode. <laughs> so... It's Black Panther. Yes. So yeah, Blade Runner for cinematography. Okay. Yeah. I just again deferred to some of the Christopher Nolan movies I've seen before. Yeah. You know, I has... mean, Christopher Nolan has a visual style that is yeah pretty great. So that makes sense as to as to why. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Now we'll get to costume design. Yes. Yes. Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, Shape of Water, and Victoria and Abdul. Okay. I think this category, um, I think it's, yeah. So I picked a movie that I haven't seen. Really? Out of these. Oh. And the reason why yeah. is because I picked the movie that's about a fashion designer. Yeah. If that's not winning for costume design, I would assume the movie probably messed up. But given that it's nominated for costume design and for best picture and for best director, I went with Phantom Thread. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was going to do either Phantom Thread or Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. I went with Beauty and the Beast uh, because I know when that came out, there was lots of talk about the costumes on that one. Yeah. And if there's one thing people remember from it, it's the costume design. I would say... I hear what you're saying. The costumes mm-hmm. in Beauty and the Beast were great. Yeah. But I think that movie is... In terms of design, it's more so in like the visual... 
like how the characters were designed. True. Um, and not to take anything away from the costumes because the costumes are great. It's deserving of its nomination. Mm-hmm. I would just say, you know, the beast. I guess it was technically costuming, but that was all done in visual effects. Yeah. Um, you know, all of the other people that have transformed into, like, that's not a costume. That's just. <laughs> They become people at the end. They become people at the end, and there is more than enough to give it the nomination. But I think Phantom Thread probably is going to take it. So, all right. Ooh, the most important category is up next. Yes. Makeup and hairstyling. (laughs) Yeah. um, I have not seen any of these movies, Mm -hmm. um, nor have I seen really any pictures from any of these movies. Do you know anything about any of these movies? I know Darkest Hour is mm-hmm. about Churchill. There you go. So what'd you pick? Darkest Hour. I think that was a very good guess. Yeah, just because I heard people talking about people. Um, who was it? Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah. Turning him into Churchill was yes. apparently really well done. Yeah. No, it's he doesn't look like Gary Oldman. Which is why I agree with you and why I think mm-hmm. the Academy voters will agree with you as well. Um, Victoria and Abdul, I think the there is most just like the normal people makeup and yeah. hairstyling because they have to do the queen. And, you know, I don't think mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so there might have been like some more transformations. Yeah. And whatever. But. I would probably put it down to the other two because Darkest Hour and Wonder both had people who had very different faces than mm-hmm. uh, what the actors came in with. Wonder was about a kid who's, you know, I think has a birth defect and his face is different. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that the movie, again, I haven't seen it. I want to, but I also don't want to cry. Because I know, <laughs> I, I know that's a movie that I go in to see uh, and an hour and a half later, I'm, I'm just wiping tears because it's just, it's, it's oh, going to yeah. be... I don't know if cheesy is the right word, but it's going to be super heartfelt and, mm-hmm. you know, just that journey. But whatever. Darkest Hour, I think, was just, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily better. Um, I mean, it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because the movie is also up for Best Picture and I think more people have seen it yeah. over Wonder, I think that's going to get the win. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Moving on to sound mixing. Mm-hmm. You know, Blade Runner. Baby Driver, Dunkirk, Shape of Water, and Star Wars. Yeah. So I went with Baby Driver. I think that's yeah a perfectly fine choice. I think for this category and the next category, which I'm going to spoil right now, mm-hmm. has the same nom- nom- yeah. nominees, and I have the same pick for both. It's not Baby Driver. For the same reason as why I picked Dunkirk over Baby Driver in editing. Really? Yeah, it's the type of thing where I love Baby Driver, and I think mm-hmm. it there's actually a, a decent chance that I might take home. I think maybe actually, you know what? Between these two categories, both sound categories with editing and mixing, uh-huh. and also just film editing. Yeah. Between those three, I think Baby Driver is going to win one. Fair enough. I'm not sure which one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I think it's going to be two for Dunkirk, one for Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. But I, I went for Dunkirk on all three because that's... The most likely. Yes. Yeah. Playing the odds. Fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah. I also picked Baby Driver for editing. 
Uh, more because yeah, yeah, because I figured it would win one of those two. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that the nominees are the same for both makes me think that they're going to have different winners between editing and mixing. That's fair. Uh, which I did not reflect in my yeah. picks, but <laughs> one of them I think will be Baby Driver, and the other will, like you said, probably be Dunkirk. I I think that you have a, I think you're probably going to be right, but again, I don't know. It's going to be one of the three categories, so yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, no. All right, moving on to best original song. Yes, um, I've only heard two of these songs. Mm-hmm. One I didn't even realize I heard. <laughs> because it was in Call Me By Your Name and I may or may not have been sleeping. Um, <laughs> but the one that I'm going to go with and I think also the favorite and the one that I just... I'm going with Remember Me from Coco. Yeah. It's, first of all, just a great song mm-hmm. that in the beginning of the movie it was like a fun, you know, happy song Yeah, that had, you know, that was just fun to listen to and then at the end of the movie... They transformed it. They toned it down a little bit, and it was super heartfelt and super moving. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I was a mess in the theaters, but I also won't deny it. So he was a mess in the theaters. Oh yeah, yeah. All, all. I see it two or three times. Three, I think. I think three. Yeah, yeah. that was my favorite movie of last year. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I, I went with Remember Me. I haven't uh, seen Mudbound, so I don't know. My I probably could have listened to the song mm-hmm. outside of it, but yeah. Um, I heard that was a decent song and uh, Stand Up for Something from Marshall eh, I don't know I don't know. Uh, and then This Is Me I've heard in the trailers for The Greatest Showman yeah um, and I also know it's by Pasek and Paul who are great song writers mm-hmm. um, but I'm going with my boy Bobby and Kristen Anderson Lopez or my boy and girl Bobby and Kristen Anderson yeah Lopez yeah I definitely think Remember Me is going to win you know mm-hmm. it, it's like the musical motif of a movie about music that was also yeah. really, really well done. So. Yeah, I, I agree. It's yeah. On top of being just a really great song, mm-hmm. it just so thematically, it's so thematically relevant to the movie. It yeah. had that extra boost of, like, this movie is about remembering your loved ones, mm-hmm. and the song is about remembering yeah. your loved ones, and that's, yeah, it's, 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 I, I, that's it's gonna win. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's gonna win, but it's gonna win. <laughs> it's one in our heart. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, after the song, we have best original score: Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, Shape of Water, Star Wars, and Three Billboards. Mm-hmm. So, Errol, use your psychic powers. Who's gonna win? So, I think it's gonna be Shape of Water. Really? Yeah, I, that one had a. I remember the score when watching the movie. I remember there was a couple moments where I was like, "Oh, this this is nice." Like mm-hmm. it, it it it's a pretty score. It's it's pretty. It fits with the movie. It's done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I haven't seen Phantom Thread, so I don't know. I'm gonna see it before tomorrow. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> uh huh. Um, but yeah, Dunkirk I think was really great. It's Hans Zimmer psychological. Yeah. Getting in your head while you watch, you know, this movie, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, but I'm giving it to Shape of Water, and I wouldn't give it to Star Wars because John Williams has done better with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like even comparing it to The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. um, The Force Awakens had really strong themes and 
motifs in the score. And this one felt a little bit more, not coasting, but mm-hmm. it just, the score didn't stand out quite as much. For me, at least. I, I might, yeah. It might be different, but... I mean, when we talked about Star Wars, I mentioned this, but the music really stuck out to me for The Last Jedi. Oh, that's right. You did mention that. We had this conversation. Yeah. Uh, which is why I assume that's what you picked. It is not. I really? went with Dunkirk. Okay, uh, that's fair. Because I think, you know, again, it's Hans Zimmer doing what Hans Zimmer does best. And he had, you know, that added, like you said, psychological twist to it that I think mm-hmm. was really, you know, really good and fits with the movie and probably would put it over the edge. Yeah. But again, that's, that's, that's fair. Yeah. That is fair. Um, yeah. So, oh, and the one we didn't talk about was three billboards. Yeah. Um, while I did enjoy the movie, I did, I, the score didn't necessarily, I, there was a couple moments that it was mm-hmm. where it was powerful, but I don't think it was, it was, it was memorable. It was effective, but it wasn't like sticking in my head the way dunkirk and shape of water yeah and even star wars but he already did the part of star wars that stuck in my head yeah but yeah so i'm shape of water fair enough all right now everyone's favorite category that we definitely know about yes foreign language film yeah um so we both haven't seen any of these correct i went with the internet and a fantastic woman yeah it's from Chile. Okay. I, I almost went with that one because it sounds kind of like Wonder Woman. Uh, but I, Fair. Went, I went with The Square because it had an intriguing title. It, it is hip to be a square. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next, documentary <laughs> feature. Oh, well, we should probably also mention the other foreign language nominees. The Insult, yeah. Loveless, and On Body and Soul. Yes. Um, I probably should have brought up or opened up a thing telling me where they were, like what countries, just to give these countries recognition because yeah. you know these are great films just not ones that are easily accessible for us i mean it's probably on the internet mm-hmm. probably is easier than we think but it's just not yeah once we've gotten to um but yeah i, I know a fantastic woman's from chile and that's the one that the internet is telling me is gonna win so okay yeah um also uh, i forget which one one of these one of these projects stars Elizabeth Moss, who was in uh, was in Mad Men, and also was in um, the one with the people with the red hoods on Hulu that I'm forgetting the name of TV show. Um, um, uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yes, yes. Um, and Elizabeth Moss is great, but from what I've heard, she's not helping her, or she is helping her film get nominated, uh-huh. just not uh, a Fantastic Woman's going to win, unless it was a Fantastic Woman, but I don't think it was. I I, I forget. I'm talking out of my. Anyway, let's move on yeah. to this other other category that we definitely know about. Yes. The documentary feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nominees are Abacus, Small Enough to Jail, uh, Faces Places, Icarus, The Last Men, and Aleppo, and Strong Island. Yeah. Ryan, what'd you pick? I went with Icarus just because it's the only one I recognized, and it had big impacts around the world. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also went with Icarus mm-hmm. um, for two reasons. Well, actually, no, just one reason. Uh, apparently, my one of my cousins, I'm not the one that casted uh, War, mm-hmm. but one, one of my other cousins knows the people behind Icarus. Oh, cool. Uh, and he was telling me about that like two weeks ago, and it just kind of stuck in my head. And I, I know that had a huge impact. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I also know that there's some... I'll, 
I also forgot to look up which one of these is supposed to win. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Icarus. I, th- I think Faces Places might have been one of the other, like might be the fa- favorite, but I've also heard of Last Man in Aleppo before and Strong yeah. Island. And really all of these films from what little I read about a week ago that I have since forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they all seem perfectly great and like impactful, but I think Icarus is going to take it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It probably won't, but it might. So mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, moving on to my favorite category. Yes. The most important category. Uh, no, the most important is makeup and hairstyling. Oh, you're right. Yes. You're right. Cause I've... that's, that, that's, that's where it counts. That's the one that suicide squad took home mm-hmm. last year deservingly so yes uh and what proves as to why suicide squad is one of the greatest films of all time but that's not why we're here we're here to talk about (laughs) this year's oscars um and my favorite category and the one that uh the 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 one that probably means the most to me Mm -hmm. um and uh the nominees are boss baby the breadwinner ferdinand and loving vincent and and coco Oh yeah, I forgot. The... Also, the category is animated feature. Oh yeah, in case for... you couldn't tell. Yeah, did I did I not say that? <laughs> no, I got too excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, animated feature. Uh, I, I forgot to say I forgot to say the two things that are important about this. Yes. Uh, though I forgot to say the category and which one's gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be Coco, mm-hmm. my favorite movie of last year. Like, yeah. Maybe not by a long shot, but like it was the type of thing where. I was telling everyone, you know, early November that Thor, that Thor was like, that was it. Like I loved it. I like I, there was very few movies that got me excited as excited as Thor did, and I was just very happy. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one that's gonna that's gonna be it. And then I saw Coco, and like like two weeks later after, or like a week after, like telling all like this was during Thanksgiving, so I was yeah. with all my family, and I was telling them all that I love Thor and that Thor was great, and then. I saw Coco. I was like, wait, no, this is my favorite. <laughs> this, this is the one. This is that's why Pixar is the best. That's why, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. so. Yeah, Coco is winning for that. It's so good. I, I love it so much. Um, I haven't seen The Breadwinner and I haven't seen Loving Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, the Breadwinner is available on Netflix, and I'm gonna watch it. I promise it. It looks amazing. The animation style actually looks really, like, really pretty. Uh-huh. Or it might. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen much of it but it, it looks really interesting yeah and the the content of it is also you know pretty important it's about a kid from the middle east going through some stuff which I, again i don't know enough about it to mm-hmm. speak about it in <laughs> a way that that is i guess respectful to the film because it is about a pretty heavy subject mm-hmm. that you know i just don't know that much about it it just looks great um, i'm gonna watch it uh, and then Loving Vincent, I'm not going to watch because it's really boring. Because <laughs> what Loving Vincent is, it's about uh-huh. the life of Vincent Van Gogh. Uh-huh. And Vincent Van Gogh is really good at painting. Yes. And this movie is done in the style of his paintings, uh-huh. which is really cool because, yeah. I mean, technically, because his paintings are kind of hard to make, or at least in the style, it's yeah, it's very bold, very bold brushstrokes. And being able to translate that into a feature film mm-hmm. is really impressive. But I've heard the movie's really boring, and I, I'm not. I don't want to watch it. So yeah. Um, all that said, Coco, 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 Coco. Ryan, I, I assume you agree with me. I 100% agree with yeah. you. Yeah. So. All right, moving Coco. on to another one of, uh, you know, an, another great category: mm-hmm. the adapted screenplay. Yes. Yeah, where we have "Call Me by Your Name," 
The Disaster Artist, Logan, Molly's Game, and Mudbound. Yeah. Yeah. I am not looking. I <laughs> the screenplay categories this year are mm-hmm. tough. At least for me. Why is that? Because for adapted screenplay, uh-huh. and we'll get to original screenplay in a second, but for adapted screenplay, mm-hmm. the one that's going to win, it was one of my least favorite movies of last year. Just because I know so many other people loved it. Uh-huh. It's gonna, it's gonna be call me by your yeah. name. It I just I thought the movie was just so boring, but the impact that it had on so many other people mm-hmm. it's I kinda feel like I'm one of the few that that's not on board with this film. So because of that I'm gonna give it to Call Me by Your Name. And because the the other films here, The Disaster Artist, I know uh-huh. people loved in the moment, but people are kind of taking a step back from James Franco. Yeah. Due to uh unforeseen circumstances. <laughs> uh, such as sexual harassment um, give yeah. or take mm-hmm. uh, then Logan which is the one I, I would want to win because I love superhero movies we, we, we talked about Logan on this podcast right yes we yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a great movie and I really it, it's the first movie that kind of took the superhero genre and elevated it dramatically yeah if that makes sense because mm-hmm. um, a, a bunch of other films have elevated it in different ways, you know, guardians in terms of like visual style and superheroes yeah. in space. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I mean, I guess star Wars, but like it's star Wars with a little bit of acid thrown in for fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Lo- Logan was the first one to like really ground it, really take this character that's in these, you know, X-Men movies, mm-hmm. which have been at times called campy, like X-Men origins. Yeah. Uh, Wolverine is known as one of the worst superhero movies of all time. I mean, I enjoyed it because Hugh Jackman is great, and I'm a fan of Will I Am, and he's in it too. Uh-huh. And also Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool um, for the first half of the movie is great, and then for the second half of the movie, we're not going to talk about. And <laughs> but like taking this character that has been in films that range from just like the worst, mm-hmm. and putting him in a situation where his character is like fully realized, yeah, um, gets a super impactful emotional arc that. You know, takes this indestructible spoiler alert. Takes this indestructible character and kills him. Yeah. I I it's just a it's a great movie. So that, that's one I want that to win, but I'm it's gonna be call me by your name. Yeah. You, no, I I picked Logan. Yeah. More out of hopefulness than anything. Yes. But in my heart, it has won. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, Ryan, for doing that. Just so I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. I think that's. Uh, I mean, I the two that I haven't seen out of these five are Molly Games and Mudbound. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, Aaron Sorkin did Molly's Game, which he's just great at dialogue, and I could see why that would, you know, make some... I, I, that probably explains the nomination. I don't I don't think it ever got to that level where it was like an Oscar contender, otherwise I would have seen it. Yeah. Um, You know, it, it looks like a really fun movie. It's just not yet mm-hmm. for me. It's, I'm going to wait till Netflix. Um, and then yeah. Mudbound... Which is on Netflix. I just haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> um, I also heard that that might make some noise, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know. I do not know. Um, but yeah. All right. Let's move on to the other screenplay category. Yeah. Original screenplay, where yes. we have The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Yeah. This one is, for me, the toughest category. Why is that? 
Uh, I mean, other than the ones that I haven't seen the film, but I use the internet as a sheet. But yeah, out of all of the categories today, only uh, four of them. I've seen all of the movies. Uh-huh. That's film editing, mm-hmm. sound editing. Actually, no, not film editing. Uh, visual effects, yeah. sound editing, and sound mixing. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Itania, so not film editing. But those three, an original screenplay. Mm-hmm. I've seen all of these movies. <laughs> that's that's what makes it so tough. Because you think they could all win? Because I think they're all good. Uh-huh. I, I just don't know if they're great. Yeah. Like, The Big Sick, I think, is great. It's a, it's a really good, fun rom-com that, you know, covers, you know, deeper issues such as, you know, Kumail Nanjiani being Pakistani and his girlfriend, now wife, who helped, who helped write, it, write it with him mm-hmm. uh, going into a coma. And that, like, just there's lots of different angles that they attack and they make it really funny and it's a really great heartfelt movie. Yeah. So that that was great. But it's it's it's, it's a rom-com and I, those don't always get the same respect. And I, I'm not sure if it will this time around. I, mm-hmm. I think that's the one I want to win this category just because I'm a huge fan of Kumail and uh, Emily V. Gordon. Yeah. So, but whatever. Uh, Get Out, Um, I think, is another movie that, well, for me, I'm not a huge fan of horror, but I watched this movie, mm-hmm. and it actually wasn't as bad, scary-wise, as I thought it would be. And there's lots of, what this movie does well is, like, layering meanings on top of meanings. It it it, it really gets at... um. You know, in in a subtle, not that actually, not not subtle, in in a way that's not like offensive and in, in your face. Yeah. Um, about you know the struggles that black people go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it does it in a really great way that doesn't take away from the movie. It adds to the movie. Yeah. And that's what that movie does really well. Um, but the movie itself was just, you know, it was a horror thriller. Like it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, like I get why a lot of people love it. I get why no one disliked it. There's a reason why I got 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Because I, I don't, there's not a reason to not like it. I would have given it a positive review. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, like, I think it, I, it would be like all like sevens and eights rather than like a bunch of tens. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that ladybird. uh, I don't it's, it's not my type of movie. No. Um, and I'll go into that a little bit more in a couple categories. Yeah. Um, so The Shape of Water, that one I think is probably the other one that I would say is contending. Mm-hmm. Um, other than the one that I'm going to pick, which is next, um, The Shape of Water is like it, it's it takes like this monster story and mix it with like a romantic like love story. Yeah. And just smashes them together in a way that's almost seamless and really great. Uh-huh. But again, the movie at least for me was just fine. Like it it was very enjoyable, visually amazing. The story was cool. I mean the um the one like some of the acting in the movie was great, but yeah. I um I don't know if I'd give it. Like there was some stuff that didn't make that much sense. Some that I don't know. <laughs> it was good. It was really good. Uh-huh. I wouldn't give it, but uh, I'm giving it to three billboards. That's my winner. Okay. After that whole long drawn out <laughs> thing, I'm going to give it to, th- to three billboards because I think out of – it has the right mixture of what I like the most mm-hmm. and what I think 
the or and uh, what I think the academy will like. Yeah. So it's going to be either Shape of Water or Three Billboards, which might be a theme coming up soon. Um, I'm not saying anything else other than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give it to Three Billboards. Martin McDonough wrote a. It was surprisingly funny. I expected when I came to see Three Billboards, I expected to not like it. I, I actually I I didn't I knew it was a dark comedy, but normally with dark comedies, I just I get bored and like uh-huh. it's not actually funny. Yeah. And there were some moments in this movie that were really funny that I really enjoyed. Mm. And also some like really heartfelt moments and moments that surprised me. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give it to three billboards. And also just the, the, the basic premise of, you know, taking the three billboards to raise awareness for this one woman's cause. It's it, it just, yeah. Like I, I, the premise is interesting, original. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, like, I think out of all of these movies, it's the most, I don't know about original premise, but like it, so here's something that could happen, mm-hmm. um, but it hasn't happened. And like, they just kind of like take this, I don't know. It's like, I feel like the shape of water seems original and interesting, but like, it's just, oh, it's a love story with a monster. Yeah. The lady bird's like, oh, it's, you know, a teenage girl growing up. Mm-hmm. Get Out is a horror movie with, you know, it's a, it's a horror thriller. Yeah. It's at its core, that's what it is. It has a bunch of other layers to it that makes it really great, but mm-hmm. that's at its core, it's just a horror movie. Um, and The Big Sick is, you know, again, based off of an actual life event. Yeah. So, three billboards. I just, I don't know if original is the right word, but I'm giving it to mm-hmm. that. Um, so, Ryan, you haven't talked for about five ten minutes what what's your opinion well on this category i put in a lot less thought and arrived at the same conclusion as you Mm -hmm. which is that i think three billboards is going to win because it's a good premise and it was you know it was interesting it had a lot of buzz about it um Mm -hmm. i kind of wish the big sick would win just because i want the people behind it to get their recognition yeah Uh, and that also had a lot of buzz so yeah, uh, but three billboards seems more like the academy's cup of tea. Yeah, I also just want to point out that I kind of want Get Out to win mm-hmm. either this category or one of the other categories we're gonna get to in a minute. Uh huh. Um, just because it'd be really cool to see Jordan Peele, who I love, yeah, uh, get an Oscar because he's great and he did a really good job making this film. Um, even though I think I don't necessarily know if. I and I've also heard some buzz that get I might actually be the one that wins this category. Really? Uh yeah. Just because I think the Oscars want to recognize it in, in some way. Uh-huh. I guess more so than just nominations cuz it did have a pretty strong impact. Yeah. Um and it meant a lot to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I fully support that and want that to be the case. Yeah. Um just going category to category, I I just I'm not sure where that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um this one probably my my guess is that if it is going to win one, it's probably going to be this category. Yeah. Not one of the other two coming up. But. All right. We'll see. Let's get on to those other categories, getting into some of our meatiest categories yes. here. The flashy ones, the ones that people care about. Yeah. So, best actor in a supporting role. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe in The Florida Project. Woody Harrelson in Three Billboards. Richard Jenkins in The Shape of Water, mm-hmm. Christopher Plummer in All the Money in the World, and Sam Rockwell 
in three billboards. Um, this is... I wouldn't necessarily say this is a hard choice because after the Golden Globes, you kind of... I don't know if you exactly know what's going to happen, but mm -hmm. it just seems like Sam Rockwell is going to run away with all of it um, for a supporting actor, which is deserving because he's, he's amazing in this movie. Mm -hmm. um, it's it, it's weird because he, he, he plays this character that starts off like just the worst. Uh -huh. And then like they somehow make you kind of like him. Mm -hmm. Which is, which is weird because like this guy is racist and, you know, misogynistic and just the he's like the worst guy. But at the end, like you can't help but like to kind of be like, you you, you see him learn. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, not to spoil the movie, but you, if you're not gonna watch it before Oscar Sunday, you're probably not gonna watch it ever. Yeah. Um, like he after the big event in the middle of the movie mm -hmm. when Woody Harrelson's character who who is the uh, police chief that's being I guess targeted on the billboards yeah after he kills himself mm -hmm. Sam Rockwell just I mean he's a very basic character in that like he's not that smart he just is he's a very like tr like he, he he's simple like he I'm not not trying to like he's not mentally handicapped just his character has very he's just he's stupid yeah and he doesn't really know he doesn't fully understand why what he's doing is wrong and why what he's what he has to do is right mm -hmm. and then when this thing happens in the middle he realizes it's like oh i'm supposed to you know he, he kind of he grows and becomes a better i don't know if that's the best way to put it uh-huh probably isn't um but like it, it, it's like this simple the stupid character that's like the worst and kind of like a child. Mm -hmm. I I think that's probably he's a very childlike character where he just he does things just because he doesn't know that he's not supposed to do it. Uh huh. Um, and in the middle he realizes, well, wait, I should probably do things the right way. Um, and like it's still not perfect. I just but I think he's gonna he's gonna win it. I actually might have if I was choosing my favorite performance, I would give it to Woody Harrelson. Really? Yeah, because I just thought the impact that he left on this movie and just what he gave to that role, and he, even though his character did die halfway through the movie, mm -hmm. it was just so powerful, you know, Yeah, what he did. Because, again, another spoiler, not, not to go too deep into the movie, but this was also, like, the most recent movie I've seen, so it's the yeah. most fresh in my memory. Um, He didn't kill himself because of the billboards. Mm -hmm. He killed himself because he had cancer and didn't want to put his family through it. Uh -huh. um, and there was part of everyone else thinking that it was because of the billboards, which led to a lot of the tension. Yeah. And Woody Harrelson is just so charismatic, mm -hmm. fun. Yeah, fun. I would say he's, he's fun for a lot of the movie. And it's just when he goes through, you know, killing himself in the middle of the movie, it's, it's, it's heart wrenching. It's, you know, yeah. that's, that's the type of thing that really stuck with me. And, you know, the character's funny on top of all of that. And it's... Yeah. But whatever. I'll just... I'll end my piece there. I I, I will also just throw out that uh, Richard Jenkins in The Shape of Water was really great. Mm -hmm. um, like, subtly, he made a really big impact on that movie. Mm -hmm. um, so, if he won, I would not be disappointed. But I think it's going to be going to Sam Rockwell.
Fair enough. That's my spiel, Ryan. All right. Um, I did not know that Sam Rockwell won the Golden Globes. He did. If I had, I probably would have picked him. But I went with uh, Willem Dafoe from the Florida Project because yeah. I heard a lot of good things about it. Yes. And it wasn't nominated really anywhere else. Yeah. So uh, that might be like the, the Florida Project, I think earlier this year, was one of the films that got some buzz because it might have been like one of the indies that mm-hmm. broke through to that next level. Yeah. Um, and that people really enjoyed it. And on top of Willem Dafoe being great, the little girl that plays the main character in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, was also really random. I haven't seen it, but again, I heard heard really great things, and it was a little bit surprising that it didn't get that many nominations. I kind of thought that I'm not sure if it's if it's an original screenplay, but I kind of thought it would get that nomination. Uh huh. Um, but I, again, I don't know. Haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I heard he was great, and I also heard on the internet that he might be one of the sleeper picks for this category. So gotcha. That's actually that's not a bad, All right. not a bad choice. Um, so yeah, actress in a supporting role. Yep. Mary G. Blige, Allison Janney, uh, Leslie Manville, Lori Metcalf, and Octavia Spencer. Ryan, uh, how about you start? Maybe I'll I'll rant less <laughs> about. Actually, I'm, I am going to rant less because uh, I did not watch the movie for the winner I picked. All right, we'll let you tease that. Yeah. Um, I picked. Uh, Alice and Jenny from I, Tanya. Yeah. Is that what you picked? That's too? also what I picked. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we accidentally agree. Yes. <laughs> uh, mostly because kind of the same reasons. Um, I heard a lot about I, Tanya, and uh, it got a bunch of nominations, mm-hmm. but I think it wasn't going to win in some of the other categories, and I thought it was going to win something. That's so fair. This was it. That's fair. I mean, I... I haven't seen I, Tanya. I really want to. It seems like a really fun movie, and I love Margot Robbie. She is one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, Allison Janney, she won the, gold, the Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that makes sense. The, the two performances that I have seen uh, is Laurie Metcalf and Octavia Spencer. Mm-hmm. Octavia Spencer plays... Octavia Spencer operating at Octavia Spencer level. Like she's really good, but it's Octavia Spencer. Yeah. Um, we've seen that type of role before and she's done it better. Maybe not like a lot better. Cause like, she's amazing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just playing like Octavia Spencer is like just doing what she does really well. Yeah. But she's done it in a more impactful and bigger role before. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think it's going to her. Lori Metcalf was also really great in Lady Bird, but again, I didn't really love that movie. I'm pretty sure she won the Golden Globe for comedy because I think Lady Bird's technically a comedy. I think. I think so. Yeah, I don't know. It was not funny. Um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but Alice and Janney have heard great things, and also I just Alice and Janney is a treasure. She's great. Yeah, I I have enjoyed her in everything I've seen uh, her in. So yeah. Cool. Next. Next. Actor in a leading role. Yes. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, Daniel Day-Lewis. Uh, or Timothy Chalamet and Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread, Daniel uh, Kaluuya, which I think I pronounced right. I think so. Um, and Get Out, Gary Oldman, and Darkest Hour, Denzel Washington, and Roman J. Israel, Esquire. Yes. So here I picked Gary Oldman in The Darkest yeah. Hour. I, I went with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from... You know, the fact that, you know, it's Gary Oldman, 
in a movie that mm-hmm. really centers around its main character. Yes. You know, and his personality. I heard a lot about it. It came out relatively recently. It's fresh mm-hmm. in everyone's minds. You know, it's a good good pick. Yeah. I agree uh, with everything you just said, and I've seen the movie, and I can back that up, mm-hmm. that he does a great job. He completely transforms, not just visually, but, like, acting-wise, into Winston Churchill and does so really well. Um, yeah, and he's great. And I, I guess the one movie I haven't seen is Roman J. Israel Esquire, but I heard that the reason I didn't see it was because it didn't get that good reviews from either by critics or whatever. Huh. But, I, I mean, it's just Denzel Washington giving a great performance because he's Denzel Washington. Yeah. Because the movie's good, I'm just – the movie wasn't good. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. you know, think – I'm not going to give that the time of day. Uh, Daniel uh, Kaluuya is perfectly fine in Get Out. He does – like, he, he 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 does a great job of playing that role. Yeah. But, again, I don't think it's, like, one of those next-level performances. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's in Black Panther, so he's amazing, and I love him. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know if I would give him. I mean, I, I'm not going to give him the edge to mm-hmm. one of these other performances. Um, Daniel Day Lewis is Daniel Day Lewis, so I guess maybe if they want to give it to him, yeah, sure. Um, I don't think anyone will complain if Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> wins. Um, but it, it's going to be Gary Oldman, and then Timothy Chalamet is just. Mm-hmm. He's a teenager playing a teenager in a very boring movie that I did not like. Hot takes. Yeah. Yes. Very true. All right. Leading, moving on to actress in a leading role. Yes. We've got Sally Hawkins from The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand from Three yeah. Billboards, Margot Robbie and I, Tanya. Say, nope. Say, what was it? Go, go ahead. I want to hear you struggle. Sirarsi, no. <laughs> Miss Ronan, okay, in Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep in The Post. Okay, in case you're wondering, uh-huh. it's Sersha. 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 I was not going to get that. No, you were not. <laughs> but I enjoy watching you struggle. So thank you. And apparently, so does Sersha Ronan because she's done. Like, there's a shocking amount of. Actually, I don't know if she enjoys it, but there's a shocking amount of videos on the internet about her talking about how to pronounce her name. <laughs> Because, like, like I, I've seen her, I think, maybe three late-night shows and, like, two internet interviews where, like, she's just trying to get people to pronounce her name right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not even the people doing the interview. It's just just fans in general. Uh-huh. Uh, just because, you know, that doesn't spell Sir, uh, Saoirse. No. It does not. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, so, out of with my, with my pick, I went with Frances McDormand. Mm-hmm. she's great uh and three billboards you know she's yeah. a star of that movie she carries it mm-hmm. uh very well i mean she also definitely gets a huge boost from woody harrelson and sam rockwell yeah and even the other characters and like the, the other you know actors and roles in that movie they all also do a really great job mm-hmm. um, like lucas hedges who got the supporting actor nominee nomination last year for uh, manchester by the sea uh-huh. i believe I'm pretty sure that was him in this movie, but he's, you know, he plays her, uh, Francis's son and, uh, is really, it's like the, the movie from top to bottom is casted really well. Mm-hmm. And Francis McDormand just plays her role really well. And I think she's gonna kind of take it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sally Hawkins is fine, but you know, I, she didn't really have that great monologue that everyone was 
mm-hmm. looking for. Now you don't get that joke. No, she she's a mute character. Oh, okay. And that's kind of what, <laughs> that. It's funny because she can't talk. Uh, but like the the shape of water is about like these two people that can't really communicate with the outside world. This one person that can't talk, and this one character that just doesn't understand anything, and also can't really talk in words. Yeah, and they communicate through. I guess sign language or like she starts teaching him, but it's mm-hmm. they do that and it's like she's she's really good at, you know, playing that character and giving the character so much emotion even though she never talks. Yeah. Um, but I would still probably give it to Francis over her. Margot Robbie haven't seen the movie, but I love her. Saoirse Ronan is great in Lady Bird, but I didn't like the movie, so I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not giving it to her. Mm-hmm. Uh and Meryl Streep is just she's she's Meryl Streep. Yeah. Uh she, I'll I'll give my post analogy when we get to right. it later, uh, and you won't get this analogy, but uh, I I've told some people this and they they agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but Meryl Streep is great in that movie. She's just yeah, she's great. All right, director Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk, Jordan Peele, Get Out, Greta Gerwig, Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom Thread, and Guillermo del Toro, The Shape of Water. Yes. I think this one was a pretty clear choice in that. I assume you went with Guillermo? Yeah. I, too, went with Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. Just because what – like, this is his movie. Yeah. He, this is just a Guillermo del Toro tour de force. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does a great job with it. The one thing that I've been hearing uh-huh. is that this might be Lady Bird's category. This might be where Greta Gerwig gets the win. Uh-huh. Which, again, I – don't love ladybird mm-hmm. but it would be cool to see a female director win it would and you know if she if she won i wouldn't be mad um but i think it's gonna be guillermo del toro because he's great mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i to me this was you know pretty clear like everyone i mean same goes for jordan peele too yeah uh i mean he's not a, a, a woman but you know spoilers I don't know if that was a spoiler. People <laughs> knew that. Um, no, but yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be Guillermo. Yeah, it definitely. Yeah. So now the money category. Yes, Mister Psychic. Mm-hmm. Best Picture. We have Call Me by Your Name, Ugh. Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, mm-hmm. the Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Okay, so I'm going to go. I think these are organized alphabetically, right? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to go alphabetically talking about what I think of these movies. All right. Call Me By Your Name. I've already given my opinion about this movie multiple times. It was on my um, bottom. What was the list that we did? The 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 naughty list. Oh, yeah, the naughty list because it's Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was on my naughty list because it was just so boring. It was. Like, here's this one summer in this kid's life where he falls in love with a man who's seven years older, um, even though the actor is, like, even though it's just seven years and, like, 17 to 24 or 25 or however it was, Mm -hmm. that doesn't seem so bad if you just think about it. Uh Uh-huh. Army, like, uh, what's, Timothy Chalamet Mm -hmm. looks like a Mm 17-year-old. Army Hammer looks like a 35-year-old. Ah. And that is weird. Mm-hmm. That made me very uncomfortable. Uh, on top of the fact 
that nothing happened. It's just about this kid who goes to Italy for the summer mm-hmm. and sees a guy that he likes. Mm-hmm. And then the guy that he likes also likes him. Mm-hmm. And then they enjoy their summer and then they leave. That's the movie. <laughs> nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just, I mean, something might have happened when I was sleeping, but I don't know. It, it, there was also, I don't know if I talked about the one scene where uh, Timothy Chalamet, or his character, uh, used, I think it was a peach, to uh, p- pleasure himself. And then uh-huh. Army Hammer ate the peach. Ah. Yeah. Real weird. Mm-hmm. Not on board for that. Yeah. Um, I will say this one thing just kind of to balance out all, all of the shade that I'm throwing. Uh-huh. Um, the impact that this movie does have on the gay community is actually mm-hmm. pretty big. I've, I wouldn't say I got into an argument because um, I was actually pretty civil. Mm-hmm. Um, I commented on one of my friend's facebook posts about the movie that i didn't like it uh-huh. and then i got into a conversation with one of his friends funny enough his name's also errol <laughs> yeah uh and i believe i'm not sure but i think he's gay i, I don't know. i didn't ask i don't know him mm-hmm. i got a little bit of facebook stalking but that's not important um <laughs> uh-huh but he said the fact that this movie just showed this couple this relationship mm-hmm. like i i thought the movie would be about like the struggle that this relationship goes through like being like because this takes place i think in the 90s or 80s or like before now yeah and i thought they would have gone into like the struggles that these characters go through mm-hmm. and they didn't and i thought it's like well, why why you know that would have been interesting that would have been that would have made it at least for me more impactful what i was told um which makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. was that seeing just this type of relationship in a movie yeah. and just the conflict not be about the relationship or not be about the fact that they're gay just be yeah. about the other stuff that comes with any relationship uh-huh that it was impa- it, it like if it, it it felt good to be able to see that mm-hmm. in a movie and i totally understand that yeah i could see that i i totally do and i for people that got that out of this film, great. Good for you. I, I, I hope you enjoyed this movie. Amazing. Mm-hmm. That's not the case for me. Yeah. I, just, I just, I was so bored and it's not for me. Yeah. But whatever. Moving on. Moving on. Darkest Hour. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if, also Ryan, if you, if you have any opinions about any, have you seen any of these movies? I have not. You have not seen any of these I've movies. Not seen any of the Okay, so I'll I'll just ramble, and if you if you, if you have anything you want to interject, feel free. But <laughs> I'll just go. Mm-hmm. Darkest Hour. I really love this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, normally every year for the Oscars, um, because these Oscar movies aren't usually my my kind of movie. Yeah. There's usually like a couple, a couple that I don't like or I just don't get. Yeah. Call me by your name. A couple that are, you know, just good, solid movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's always the one movie that is, like, one of the top contenders that I really like. And then there's the one movie that's not a top contender that I really like. Uh-huh. Darkest Hour was the not top contender that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I thought Gary Oldman was great. I thought the the, the story of, I forget which, it was World War II? 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know history. Sure you do. Um. Yeah. Uh. But just the way they did it, Gary Oldman was great. And there was this one scene in the movie that I think is was one of the most powerful scenes that I've seen this year. And I also read this morning on the internet that some people disagree. Mm-hmm. Like the, I was reading this one one article. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter does this thing where they uh where they interview uh, anonymous voters. Uh-huh. To get their opinions, and the one guy that they, they were talking to this morning loved the Darkest Hour, uh-huh. with the exception of the one scene that was my favorite scene in the movie. Of course, yeah. What scene is that? Or do you not want to spoil it? Yeah, I'll spoil it. It's, I mean, it's not history because it was technically made up. But mm-hmm. what happens? I mean, it's it's based on real things that have happened. Yeah. But Winston Churchill, he's on his way to like this big vote or whatever. Uh uh-huh. um, I think they're about to. I think they're about to like try to sign a treaty with Germany or Italy or one of the these dictator countries. Yeah. Um to like try to end the war peacefully. Uh-huh. And like he's on the way to to this meeting and he's like and he decides not to show up. He then goes to the subway. Mm-hmm. Rides it with just a bunch of strangers. Yeah. And everyone knows who he is cuz he's the prime minister of yeah. England. And then he just starts having a conversation with them about what they want to do like you know do you want us to you know sign a peace treaty and like you know try to resolve this easily um even though we might you know lose our rights or whatever or like germany would get more power whatever the deal was Uh or do you want us to fight and it was this really heartwarming scene where like just one by one he just talks to these people and he makes a connection with them and the people just really get behind him and he gets behind the people and Mm -hmm. like it's just it was a really powerful scene just seeing him interact with the people which is something that you know not to get political Mm -hmm. but also to get political (laughs) is something that i don't see that often in politics today it's all fake yeah you know i'm doing this for the people even though i'm getting millions of dollars from the gun lobby Mm -hmm. uh or you know and this is you know also this goes on both sides, both Democratic and Repu- Republican, where it's more about, pol- you know, po- politics, not about actual getting stuff done. It's more mm-hmm. about just keeping up your personal image, not like trying to see what the people want yeah. and trying to see what, you know, you can do for the people and going for it. It's now it's just a lot more just doing what you think will get you reelected will get you yeah. more sponsorship money mm-hmm. and you know th- this move i think it was just especially with what's going on right now mm-hmm. with politics i think that that one scene just kind of gave me some hope yeah uh you know that that stuff at some point happened and then it, it, it can happen again mm-hmm. so it was just that, that that scene got to me i really enjoyed it um and i think the re- the rest of the movie was just really strong um decent performances throughout also uh-huh. you know I don't think this is bragging, but I went a couple of years. It's, it's bragging. Um, it's not intended <laughs> to be bragging, but it's definitely bragging. A couple of years ago, I went mm-hmm. with my dad and my sister to uh, to England. Um, you know, for I think it was like my high school graduation gift. Yeah, and it was awesome. And we got to go to Churchill's bunker, mm-hmm. and seeing it in the movie is like, oh, I've been there. Uh-huh. Like they do a really good job of like getting what it actually looked like it's not just like a set they tried to make it look kind of similar or whatever yeah it looked like 
I remember walking through and seeing the same stuff that's in that movie. Wow. Which was really cool. Yeah. So I just, they also get points for that. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Now, that was only the second movie out of yeah. these nine. I'm probably going to speed it up very soon uh, just because, <laughs> you know, the next movies I have less to say. Eh, I don't know if I have less to say. About, but <laughs> Dunkirk is just Christopher Nolan psychological or, like, thriller type thing where mm-hmm. these people are stranded on the beach and need to survive. Also, I'm going back to Dunkirk, or A Darkest <laughs> Hour for half a second. Uh-huh. What Dunkirk does in an hour and a half, you learn more about what happens there in five minutes of The Darkest Hour. Wow. I mean, like, I think Dunkirk probably takes a closer, more intimate look, mm. but as eh. it, it's not my type of movie. I also, again, I hate when these parallel storylines like don't have like a cohesive arc, yeah. or even if these individual arcs aren't super cohesive. It's a story about survival, and it's just not not for me. Yeah, um, I much preferred the uh, the other movie that I saw that day. Um, cause I, that was, that's, uh, cause when I saw the movie, it was a double feature, uh, yeah. with Dunkirk and then my favorite movie of the year. Um, oh wait, oh, not of the, well, yeah, favorite movie, uh, the Emoji movie. And yeah. like I saw the Emoji <laughs> movie after seeing Dunkirk and I think that might've actually affected how much I enjoyed the Emoji movie. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why, but that's just. You were desperate for yeah. something with comedic value. I mean, I don't even know if I was desperate. I was just. You know, sure, that was a perfectly fine movie. I don't kind of want to see another one. And then I just really enjoyed the Emoji Movie. Mm-hmm. Um, also, shouts to the Emoji Movie for winning its first award of the awards season. So, good for them. Oh, yeah. For the first couple, yeah. Good for them. Yeah, it did, it did really well at the Razzies this morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they, they won Best Director, Best... Uh, <laughs> they, they raked it in. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, whatever. All Back right. to my thing. Moving uh, along. Moving along. Get Out. I've already kind of told you my thoughts about it. Like, it was a good movie that mm-hmm. I enjoyed and it was it but it's a B movie. Yeah. Uh and I just don't think that being a it being a B movie would like it, it it's an elevated B movie. It's like one of the best B movies ever. Uh-huh. I just wouldn't necessarily say it breaks into like that upper echelon of stuff that these other films have. Yeah. I think there is probably a good amount of people that are pro get out. I think get out is probably the dark horse candidate mm-hmm. this year. And if it won I wouldn't be I would be surprised. Yeah. Um, and I'd also be pretty happy because, again, I love Jordan Peele. I love all the actors in it. It's, it'd be really cool to see it win. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love just the production company, Blumhouse. It's, they, they're they so smart. Uh-huh. They're so – like they – okay, small tangent. Because what time <laughs> – how long have we been recording? A while. A while? Okay. Yeah, we probably have to go soon because we have Quidditch practice because we're, we're nerds. Um, mm-hmm. So you're probably not going to get to Black Panther today. No. Um. But Blumhouse, they make all of their movies for, like, dirt cheap. Uh-huh. And they already have deals with the production companies, so they just kind of distribute it. Yeah. Um, like, they, they say, here, here's this $5 million movie that we made, and see if it, you know, here's, th- put it in theaters. And then, because they already have this deal, they put yeah. it in theaters, and it it's almost always profitable. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they do very well. Even if the movie doesn't do that well it only makes like a couple million it still made his money back yeah which is great and this movie caught fire and is you know fight just ridiculous how much more money it made than than they put into it they put into it yeah uh, which is great Mm -hmm. whatever um but yeah moving on ladybird 
my least favorite type of movie where you take this <laughs> chunk of this person's life uh-huh. and rather than having like I mean there were like some minor conflicts that the characters go through it's really mm-hmm. but they just kind of here's this one summer before this person leaves for college or this one school year before this person leaves for college and mm-hmm. that's just watch enjoy ah and you know boyhood was the same type of movie mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's just i've had different life experiences than these people i just it's hard for me to get in or like get invested and relate to these characters even though what they're going through a lot of people can relate to like i know a lot of people loved boyhood because mm-hmm. you know i remember when i was 17 and i did the things that this guy was doing it's like well that's i think i was how old at the time 19 mm-hmm. 18 when they came out, I was like, well, I'm that old now, and I nothing in my life even remotely resembles that other than my parents being divorced. Yeah. But my parents' divorce is much different than their parent than his parents in the movie, so it's mm-hmm. whatever. You just didn't really connect with Didn't really that. connect and uh, you know, for Ladybird, same deal. Yeah. Uh just never really connected. I mean Saoirse Ronan's great, Laurie Metcalf's great. Um mm-hmm. the father who I forget who plays the father. He's also really good. Um but not my type of not my type of movie. I just, I, I just didn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Phantom Thread. Haven't seen it, so I'm gonna just. I'm sure it was great. Paul Thomas Anderson's a perfectly good director. Mm-hmm. Good for him for making a movie that people seem to enjoy. Okay. Yeah. The Post. <laughs> uh, if you're a fan of sports, particularly basketball, uh-huh. this movie is like the Golden State Warriors playing a regular season game. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure if you totally get this analogy, but the, Gord- the Golden State Warriors are the best team in basketball right now. Yes. They have, you know, four all-stars on their team, and including two of the best, like, four players in the league. Uh-huh. And this felt very much like a regular, regular season game for the Golden State Warriors because in the playoffs they take it to another level and they really just destroy. Uh-huh. But a regular season game is just these players just doing what they got to do to you know like yeah they do a great job because they're the best but you know it's just Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's perfectly fine like it was a very enjoyable movie steven spielberg did steven spielberg things yeah uh meryl streep did meryl streep things tom hanks did tom hanks things you know all the supporting actors bob odenkirk was great Mm -hmm. um it's just and like the movie was just everyone did what they had to do yeah to you know make a good entertaining movie Mm -hmm. but they didn't reach that second gear like like yeah. they didn't get to playoff mode. Uh-huh. Um and you know, it's a, a perfectly good movie that I don't think there's really any faults to it. Mm-hmm. Um But you don't think it really elevates. But I don't think it got to that next level. And yeah. I know a bunch of people kinda of thought it was boring. Mm-hmm. Um, including the person that I was reading this morning. But whatever. <laughs> the two uh movies that I think actually have a shot of uh-huh. that, that I think are probably gonna win mm-hmm. is Shape of Water and Three Billboards. Okay. Um about a month ago. Well, I, well, The Shape of Water I've already talked about a lot. It was yeah. really great. Um, the cast was awesome. Guillermo del Toro did a tour de force mm-hmm. with what he was doing. Um, and Three Billboards I've also talked about a lot. where That was also really strong and really good. Yeah. The reason why I'm going with Three Billboards is about a month or two ago when the nominees came out, uh-huh. everyone was talking about how you know people are going to realize that movie wasn't or at least the podcast I was saying that people are going to realize this movie wasn't actually as good as it was. And there's going to be like this backlash to this movie. Mm-hmm. And then like last week I realized, well, I've only been seeing more positive things about this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be hit with all 
this backlash. Yeah. And I guess since then I've seen some, I don't know if it's backlash, but some more stuff for Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I think three billboards probably built a big enough lead that even if they, you know, lose some of it to Shape of Water, in the meantime, yeah, they probably still have it. Mm-hmm. And I also, and I, and, but because of that, all things considered, uh-huh. I just went with which one of these two movies I like more. And I, you know, I really enjoyed Three Billboards. And uh, I think that's going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I don't know. It's it's pretty much a coin flip. Um, yeah. Another reason why I'm going with Three Billboards is because Guillermo del Toro is winning director. Normally the winner of Best Picture and Best Director are from different movies. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, last year because mm-hmm. um, uh, La La Land won Best Director. Yeah. Moonlight Not Best won. Picture. Yeah. Exactly. Even though Lala Land won for like a half a second, but it's, that's besides the point. Um, oh shoot, I, I, I messed up on my joke. I was gonna say Lala La Land is gonna win this year. Wait, no, I was gonna do that, and I missed my chance. And it's too late now because we've already gone through it. We, yeah, we'll put it in post. Put it in post. Yeah. Um, hey Ryan, what did, did you did you what did you pick? So I basically came down to the same two that you did. Yeah. Um, but I went with Shape of Water instead. Okay. Um. Because I think it has not, I mean, again, not having seen any of these movies. Yes. It seems like it has more of the slightly artistic style that uh, the Academy tends to like. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if it went to three billboards at all. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so the big takeaways, I think, from our discussion, mm-hmm. which, because we, we have to go kind of now, right? Yes. Yes, we have three minutes until we have to let people into our apartment to get equipment. Um, big takeaways, uh, three billboards in Shape of Water are going to be big winners. Yeah. Uh, Dunkirk, uh, is going to be a big on the technical categories. Mm-hmm. Um, Coco is the best ever. Always, yes. And, uh, yeah, that's what we got. Yeah. Um, so that was very good. Very Oscar good. conversation. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll get to Black Panther soon. It's it, it's it's such a good movie that I it pains me that we haven't talked about it yet. Um but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to it. Yes. Um it's a really great movie and you should all watch it so when we go into our discussion you can be spoiler free. Yeah. Um or we'll spoiler include whatever. You, you get <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Um so yeah. Uh thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Yeah, make sure to uh download and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, mm-hmm. all the normal stuff uh, for both this podcast and my other two podcasts on set with Errol Koenig um, and Popcorn Confessionals, which, fun fact, uh, there's going to be another Popcorn Confessionals coming out really soon. Uh, I recorded it a couple weeks ago. Um, and by really soon, I might probably I might post it at the same time as I post this, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I have time to record, but whatever. I'll figure it out. Yeah, um, It's going to be either today or tomorrow. Um, when I post it. So it's coming real soon. Uh, yep. That is all about the wonderful movie Lemonade Mouth, which I have some hot takes about. <laughs> uh, so yeah, check that out. Um, watch all these Oscar films, uh, you know, by tomorrow. By uh, tomorrow, mm-hmm. So you're prepared. <laughs> um, yeah, and again, download, subscribe, follow, like. All of the above. All of the above for uh, this po- podcast, Cop Monologuing. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yep. And uh, we'll be back with very soon with uh i guess the results and black panther and black panther oh and also 
we should tease our very special March Madness oh yes idea um we wanted to uh again like like we mentioned I think on our last podcast podcast before that that we wanted to try to do some things different this year mm-hmm. uh and we're gonna do something pretty fun um in the style of March Madness coming very soon so uh keep your uh, eyes peeled and your keep your ears out ears with where they're sp- keep your ears where they're supposed to be they're supposed to be on the side of your head okay keep them there the eyes actually don't peel your eyes that sounds very painful don't do that um and definitely listen to this podcast uh caught monologuing itunes soundcloud with the play cool thanks for listening bye